What's going on, audio listener? If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, you know that Mondays have typically been premium episodes of Chingo Chats, but since we retired Chingo Chats temporarily and put it on the shelf, we are adding another RPT, which makes a total of four for the week. Mondays are typically behind the paywall on patreon.com forward slash tamales, but this week will be the final week that we're putting out a Monday episode for everybody to enjoy. It's a great episode, so here's your heads up. If you want all of the episodes that we release every week for RPT, go to patreon.com forward slash tamales. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Freedom is a major issue. That's why I chose to name this collection the Legalized Freedom Collection. That's the name of the tour. Gear up. Get your merch. Let everybody know you represent that freedom. Let them know you support what we're doing. You you check out the podcast. We got hoodies, caps, some t-shirts, new t-shirt designs coming as well. But uh, stock up now. Legalized Freedom Tour merch. Do we have a promo code or anything? We do, but only if you're inside of the Discord, which is another reason why you should sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. So when you get a chance, check out the merch store. Uh, always dropping new stuff. We're thinking about some coffee mugs, maybe. You know, you never know what we're going to drop. So you go to chingobling.com, click store, click merch, and uh, you could shop your little heart out. Have a great time. Knock yourself out. Now, speaking of... Tia members and agents of the mm-hmm. Tamal Intelligence Agency. These are proud to pay supporters. They're directly funding the growth of this show and the studios. And never before ever done, we're adding a new tier. Yeah. Super le- entry level. Super entry level for those of us, for those of you that want to join the Discord because you like Discord or you like chatting, you like that whole messenger kind of uh, interaction. We're going to have an informant tier. So it's $1 a month. Yeah. If you want just access to the Discord, that doesn't give you access to any uh, bonus episodes or vo- videos or audio or anything. It's just for the Discord. You get access to the general chat room for a dollar a month. Yeah, that's like the main chat room. Yep. But uh, I think that's a steal. Yeah. That's a super steal because if you already listen to the show and you hear us talk about the agents and the community mm-hmm. and the Discord and the chat and just the direct connection at all times... Um, hell, you can't beat that. No. That's a dollar. And that was like one of the main things that was like behind the paywall that yeah. only agents could access. But an agent suggested it. Say, call it the informant tier, do it a dollar, give them some access to some of the Discord. Yep. And uh, I'm excited about it. So uh, don't hesitate. Do it now. Take action. And you already support the show. Might as well take take that little leap of faith and uh, meet us on the dark side. Yes, Dolo, enjoy the podcast. For sure. Sass, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to another episode of RPT, Red Pill Tamales, a whole nother dozen. Yeah, this is technically season 14, uh, first episode. Yeah, for sure. It's good to be back with a whole nother fresh dozen. Uh, we just did a Zoom call with uh, the homie Manny Prado. We're going to get into that in a minute. I am your host, Chingo Bling. I don't know what date this drops, but hey, it's the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> we got producer DJ Big Rob. Yo, I got a new name. Now he's producer DJ Big Rob. I need to get the I need to get the turntables back yeah, out. Manny Prado just added to your name. You're now producer DJ. I love it. Big Rob. Burr, burr, burr. Now I got to get the sound drop for sure. Damn, bro, he called you Big Rob, bro. Like he was just calling out the BMI. Ah, that's why. That's why they used to call me in high school. Big Rob. Yeah, yeah. That was my nickname. Oh, word. Yeah. I mean, especially when I was 285. Oh, yeah, yeah. You was Big Rob for sure. Yeah. And then like around junior when I was like 200, they're like, well, we're still going to call you Big Rob. Yeah. So I remember you had told that story of how you lost all that weight. Yeah, man. You just fucking went ham one day. Went ham. I'm about to go ham like that again. We all fell off of this. This is actually a good time to talk about it. This fitness, the second mile challenge. What happened? Yeah. No, it's happening. What you mean? It's over. 
It's, oh. been, it's been damn near seven weeks already. Who won? I'm actually going to bring it up after you, you mention your show dates right now. Okay, for sure. Uh, I had tamales this morning, though, for <laughs> breakfast, and I had tamales yesterday, and uh, I am the tamale king. <laughs> Legalized Freedom Tour, coming in hot. Uh, Corpus Christi, May 5th through the 7th. Arlington, Texas, I'll be at the Improv, May 12th through the 15th. A whole weekend worth of shows and laughs. No reason to miss out. Arlington, Texas, May 12th through the 15th. New Braunfels, Texas, May 20th. Lubbock, May 22nd. Bryan, Texas, May 28th. San Angelo, June 3rd. Odessa, June 4th. Austin, June 9th. Albuquerque, June 15th. El Paso, June 16th through the 18th. So many more. Hit up the website, chingobling.com. Click where it says, like, live events or tour tickets tour tickets know. yeah it says tour tickets you, you can figure it out you guys are smart it's smart um, fun. but we're also hitting the west coast the midwest everywhere in between irvine ontario denver okc Ooh, haven't been there new club nice down in bricktown shout out to them and i met a lady at the airport one time and she's from okc and she was very red pilled and she was like i'm gonna check out your show i like it so we shall see uh chicago i'm back in chicago august 4th phoenix san jose waco Possibly. We're working on that. Uh, Brea, Oxnard, San Antonio, Addison, and of course, working on Vegas, Salt Lake City, and of course, my hometown, Houston. Believe it or not, we do not have that locked in yet. We're juggling a lot. Legalized Freedom Tour. Get your tickets now. Chingobling.com. While you're there, join the newsletter. And most importantly, man, major shout out to the proud to pay members, the agents, the members of the TIA, uh, the loyal to the soil, holding us down in the 24-7 Discord chat room. They have unlocked double the weekly podcast they're in direct contact and they're directly supporting the growth of the show like you know it starts at five bucks five bucks you know we might even have to maybe we and just throwing us out there maybe the discord is even is an entry tier maybe we like cut the price in half if you want to join the poppin ass discord and you want to pay just for that mm -hmm. and for whatever crazy reason you don't want three four other podcasts maybe maybe we'll let you just do that we shall see might be infiltrators yeah <laughs> uh but yeah man we have manny put out on the show he zoomed in um, I mean, I can, I just want to pick his brain regularly. I want to catch up on the book uh, he had recommended. He recommended this last time. It's a book called Cuba Suela. Yeah. And uh, he's Nicaraguan. He's been in America since he was four. I don't know how long he's been red-pilled, but he, him and his family have witnessed firsthand the destruction of Marxism, socialism, communism, and, you know... You hear names thrown out there like, you know, George Soros and, you know, but his family escaped all that firsthand. Like where, where they told you like, hey, you don't have a God, bro. You don't need what's this church for? No, 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 no. Give it to the state. You know, why do you need cattle? What's all that land for? You being selfish? You being a little selfish capitalist? You being bourgeoisie? Forgot about the proletariat? And we see this type of rhetoric still alive and well. It's, it's very in vogue. It's very uh, cool and hip to a lot of these kids. Like, well, socialism hasn't been done right. And well, you know, communism, you know, it's cool if you just take this part out. And they just refuse to see that people strive and thrive more. Like, man, you say what you want about capitalism, bro. At least it factors in people's greed. You know, and national yeah. motivation, whereas communism just ignores human uh, um, incentives. Like, they just operate in this vacuum where they just think that, like, yeah, man, if you just, you know, let people shoot up in the streets and open up the prisons, you know, it'll all work out. Next thing you know, you like Gavin Newsom looking at trains that got broken into. Like, what happened to us? How did we arrive at this point? Yeah, a friend of mine sent me a video that actually I'm going to try to pull up here in a second before we get to our Mamal Challenge winner. Um, but... 
she was in a STEM uh, program, so I believe she graduated with an engineering degree. And the video she sent me was so just so egregious. It was just crazy left liberal type of, uh, it was like, it was talking about voting and black people. You've probably seen it. It's kind of like a, a classic video that kind of resurfaced again about black people not having IDs and not knowing where the DMV is. Is it the man on the street thing? It was one of those guys, where yeah. Where they're like, why, why do you think, and why all the white woke kids yeah. are like, well, because, you know, these communities don't have access. You saw it. Yeah, it's, it's a classic video. I think it was uh, Mark Dice or I, I don't remember who it was. was that did that. But uh, it was just so crazy. And then you go over to the community, all black people. And then people. he's interviews black people. They're like, of course I have an ID. Yeah. Does everyone you know have an ID? Yeah. Of course. Do you have it on you? Yeah. Love showing my ID. Would you love to show your ID to vote? Why not? Yeah. Well, I don't know where it's at. The DMV it's like, is. Do you know what white Democrats and liberals are saying about you? They're like, I don't know why they're thinking this way. Like, who are they talking to? Obviously not people from that community. Otherwise, they wouldn't have such a stupid take on it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so you, you know what I'm talking about. And she was, I asked her, I was like, you're a, you're a grad of a, of a pretty big, you know, school in U of H. Was it, has it been like this, you know, throughout your engineering? Like this woke, you mean? Yeah. Uh -huh. And she was like, you know what, if it was, I wasn't uh, a hip to what's going on enough and I wasn't paying attention or the fact that I was in a STEM program, just that's not... Isolated. Yeah, right? there was no time for that. There wasn't... But she did say that when she was taking... Um, before the core curriculum of the engineering, she was in more of a standard school or a class rather, and she would in those big auditoriums, and yeah. she would hear people talking, like going up up and down the aisles, talking to other kids about taking a liberal like liberal arts programs and and trying to get them to do more of like the, um, I guess sociology and psychology would kind of be in that, but I forgot what example she gave me, and I was like, okay, that's interesting, like. I don't know if they're like counselor assistants. She, she gave you examples of other departments that what now? They were trying to like poach kids to take those classes. to get Sociology. Those yeah. Oh, they were after me bad. They're yeah. like, you sure you don't want to join our department? You sure you don't want to be a sociology major? What were you doing? You were still doing marketing and business, right? Um, I don't know if that was like an elective or if it was a requirement for my major mm -hmm. or a minor. I really don't recall what year. Yeah. But there was definitely some Marxism being taught to me. Let's see. Uh, okay, I found her, her message to me. It was like, um, many, uh, da, 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 da. like they did. Like for example, I remember the the professor, uh, Dr. Gentry. She talked about the crack laws, which mm -hmm. were made by Biden. Biden and his right. people. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, "I do remember when I was doing my first core classes. There were like two. There were Chem two, where you had a huge auditorium and students, uh, hearing students." That many students are hearing students say that many students were getting approached by professors trying to convince them to take certain classes and or consider a liberal major. It was things like uh, ethnic studies and pretty sure some were even uh, CRT based. Yeah, man. Like like I said on the last episode or the episode before that about like being the first in my family to go to college. Um, I think my sisters took like some like some trade a little bit of like tech and mm -hmm. obviously like cosmetology yeah you know um i think dalila did a little bit at like well first of all she's super smart like both of my sisters are like super smart and and, and college or not that shit don't even matter i'm trying to catch yeah. up to what they got going on um but anyway you know so we we weren't giving a heads up like hey man beware that ethnic studies bullshit like you're there's nothing there's no job you know what i mean yeah. like you're gonna have to fucking do something else um but um what, uh, what the fuck was I going to talk about to tie it all together? But um, but the man on yeah, the street uh, and the libs and the crazy fucking yeah. So this, the, so this Marxist ideology, um, it's creeping into the STEM. It's in all the universities. All this rhetoric, in my opinion, is just very dangerous because once you start to look at everything through the lens of 
well, is this perpetuating differences along the lines of class? Is this perpetuating differences along the lines of gender? Is this perpetuating along the lines of, you know what I'm saying? Where does the power structure, where's the, you know, you know, who, who has privilege in this situation? And it, you know what I mean? Like, especially when it comes to gender, it's sometimes where like shit gets debunked. Like what about 75 cents on the dollar? Women don't get paid the same. It's like, so you're telling me that companies are saving money by hiring women. Then why don't they just for the same work, same results that you argue you you're saying it's apples to apples okay then why the hell these greedy corporations don't just hire all women and save 25 cents on the dollar on every person per hour (laughs) right why don't they do that then oh uh," you know but uh i think it's very dangerous the snake is in the house um if you're not careful if you're not if you're not paying attention to the type of influences your kids are having and the type of stuff they're teaching them in school because they're sneaking into the math books. Mm-hmm. DeSantis having to go in and be like, oh, this CRT math. Fuck going on. We need to stick to regular fucking math. How are you think when the girls grow up, your, your two girls, your young girls, how are you going to approach schooling and like as they start showing interest in certain things? Like one of the things I want to do this summer with the twins and I, I told Don yesterday is uh, like every summer before the summer starts, like as we know it's gearing up to it, we'll do um, activities where it's like, okay, what things do you want to learn this summer? What do you want to learn? find out more about what do you want to get better at that kind of thing and i want to implement some kind of um not a cognitive test but a i forgot what it was it's almost like a personality trait test to see where their mind is they both love jujitsu so martial arts is going to be like we're going to do that for sure keep doing that during the summer like they've been doing after school um we see one leaning towards sports one's leaning towards um like love science and that kind of shit so just to get a really because they're going to be eight in september and like they're so fucking yeah. with it, man. It's like they're already like 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you going to approach it with, with the girls? Well, we're already starting. Um, obviously, just education at home. Parents got to be hands-on. Uh, getting the system and routine. We're probably going to start homeschool with Vale, I'm hoping, because Marisol every day, she's like, and we got to make time to see what we're doing about preschool. And we got to research and this and call and get the tuitions and this and that. Patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. Thank you very much. If you want to sponsor the show, email us, Marisol at chingabling.com or redpilltamales at gmail.com. I'm just throwing that in there randomly, right? Uh, but I would like us to to do homeschool with Vale and... um. You know, she's going through that little phase where if she's on the tablet too long, she starts getting bratty, you know, mm-hmm. but we're carving out time. Like we just bought some like children's Bible type books. So like last night we read some of the Bible stories and, you know, we're like acting it out like I'm doing like, and then God created light. I told her to close her eyes and I turn off the light and, and he said, let there be light. Yeah. Boom. You know, and um, just talking about that, like Genesis and, you know, Mary and who's Joseph. OK, well, that's not that's not Jesus dad, baby. That's Mary's husband. You know what I'm saying? God is Jesus' dad. But anyway, stuff like that, like making sure we carve out time for like at home education. Like the the buck stops here. At the end of the day, we're accountable, right? There's only so much of like, oh, we didn't know what they were teaching them at school. It's like you need to imprint upon them. You need to influence them. You need to brainwash them before the world does. Right. And those structures and like in terms of like um, – you know, faith or just that education of understanding just some core basic principles, like whether it's just oh assets over liabilities and, you know, what's a liability and, you know, stuff like that. You know, like my mom used to be on my ass when I was young, like, like your credit score is very important because one day you might need a loan for something or mm-hmm. you're applying for a house and you don't want to burn your credit and be careful with credit cards. Like you pick up little stuff like that, but just 
the core of like, look, don't fall for these okie dokes. Beware of all this stuff. Did you see that? You know, look at look at the movie. Look what they're. Did you catch that? You know, so just everything. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to find a trailer for because I mentioned in the past Daily Wire is getting into cartoons. Yeah, and they don't really have one yet, but I'm really interested in see what they come out with. And it's crazy because. Yeah, I don't know, maybe because obviously we have kids, but I guess it's always kind of been going on subtly. But now with social media and it being so like you walk away, like you said, give the kids a tablet and you walk away. And even though it's on YouTube Kids or whatever, those things seep in there. We've we heard a lot of stories like that. Yeah, they come in the guise of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, almost like Trojan horse. So with kids, YouTube, uh, YouTube Kids apps, the way some of that weird rhetoric sneaks in there is they just do it under the front of education of education yeah. like oh these are just some animated characters that are talking to you about pornography yeah right and showing graphic things and am i a bad person if i masturbate and it's like why is this on you what do you who is this why is it animated who made this so on wednesday show we talked about elon a lot we're going to be talking about more of that as the week goes on in episodes but um let me ask you now i meant to ask you yes uh, yesterday do you think that elon taking over twitter mm-hmm. making it private doing what he does you know maybe just changing some shit up is going to encourage other behemoths like Facebook to dial it back. Like, fuck, you know, we're, we went too mm. far left. We need to get back more center, you know, and, and make it maybe make it a better place for its users. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how, how Mark Zuckerberg will assess what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. I'm sure it's something they're obviously paying attention to. Like, how, what does that mean for Facebook? Yeah, imagine users abandoning ship and now going over to Twitter. Uh, it's not good for business. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I really don't know how they might approach it, but obviously Facebook, they're busy, you know, they're busy tampering with elections, <laughs> donating hundreds of millions. They're trying to build up Metaverse. Uh, they still own Instagram. They're like advertising-based, you know, their whole little thing, right? But... As more things come into play and come into question in terms of like, so who's engineering these algorithms and why is it that the bias always leans in one direction? Uh, too bad we don't have a real press. The only real people asking real questions are like podcasters, these independent mm-hmm. people, you're, you know, uh, James O'Keefe. Like there's just a handful of people on Substack that are, yeah. that you know, hell, Russell Brand, you know what I mean? Chingo Bling and them, DJ Big, Producer Big Rock. That's right. <laughs> El Barbon, <laughs> you know, not enough people are holding these companies accountable. Like, like nobody is. Like the the rare thing you saw is Brian Stelter at University of Chicago getting confronted by a freshman, and mm-hmm. that's like the first time they get hit with like, "Hey, uh, what's up with that, y'all? Why y'all always getting it wrong and don't apologize? And y'all's mistakes are always leaning in one way, and y'all have the nerve to call somebody disinformation." You think there's redemption for these platforms, like the, like the CNNs of the world and MSNBCs of the world? Redemption. Uh, if they get like new ownership, new management, gut it out, start it over, you know, take it back to its heyday. I mean, I don't know, bro. You think so? I mean, I don't. Will they? I mean, with new ownership, if it's a whole new person and they just make a concerted effort to be like, we're gonna design a new product. This is an opportunity to get rid of Brian Stelter and and Don Lemon. And why doesn't anybody watch this shit? And how are we gonna move forward? You know, do you want to just say fuck it, we're going down in flames, or you're gonna try to like start over? Like, all right, man, we gotta have a different type of board and business plan and accountability to where they need to earn back the people's trust. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, 
I mean, everything you described is exactly what they need to do, but can they go about it? And are the people who they have lost, honestly, primarily being us, like our demographic, like you're, you're uh, coming into power, taking over the earth kind of demographic, you're what, tw- what is it? What's the big demographic? 25 to 45 or something like that. It's like, t- yeah, 25 to 35 maybe or 40, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are listening to podcasts right now. They're the ones that are going to alternative media outlets. There's almost no going back. If they started course correcting, in my opinion, it, it would take another, it would take a generation of people to go back to terrestrial legacy media. You're not going to go from YouTube channels, Jimmy Dore, Crowder, yeah, video you know, on demand, video on demand and podcasts to Brian Stelter. Schedule television with commercials. Exactly. Uh, hurry up, wrap it up, make your point in a minute. Mm-hmm. Try to get a little, um, what is it like a soundbite right you're trying to get the soundbite you're trying to be persuasive and effective and and everything else and yeah and and it's not like comparing well i guess it is because they're news outlets but um fox nation which you've you and a couple other people i know mentioned frequently has been around for years cnn and plus cnn plus or whatever the fuck it was wouldn't belly up in two weeks yeah yeah i don't know i mean fox news is no perfect by no means they do a lot of weird you know there's just a lot of stuff that's like why why aren't they covering this yeah and you know it's like okay these motherfuckers are controlled opposition yeah for sure you know these ain't this ain't no real conservative shit they pick and choose who mm-hmm. they want to have and get behind and you know um but anyway you want to get into the manny yeah prado man let call? him get into it so yeah so uh the homie manny prado out of h-town nicaragua very involved with the uh, local scene of trying to red pill people uh very very involved and dude we got to attend one of their like um Community events? Yeah, their softball thing, like these cookouts. And just, to me, that's just so, like, that's real grassroots organizing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, obviously, a lot of Latinos, especially Cubans and Venezuelans and all these cats, they love baseball. Yeah. And why not gather people, you know, with food, language, music, culture, at the same time, celebrate the fact that you like freedom. You like being an entrepreneur. You know, you're, you're, you're very aware of what you were escaping. Hey, so, if, you, uh, if you set up a kickball tournament, I mean, I won my last tournament I was in. I'm just saying. How long ago was that? Uh, like two, three years ago. I was at uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Fort, Fort McKenna, Chaney Commerce, had an event. And you was, was hitting number home run kicks? Bruh. They didn't know what was going on. They're like, how's this dude, this fucking 5'11", 220-pound guy moving so goddamn swiftly? Oh, so you, you was hitting the bases oh, fast, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. But uh, you kick good, bro? Oh, yeah. Harder than a bitch? Yeah. No I shit. Say, I mean, I, I got a kind of two mile on horse. You ever do much. Muay Thai and shit like that? <clears throat> That's how I started. I like doing kickboxing more than anything else when I was younger and yeah. had some friends who at the time were amateur fighters. So, yeah, like, that, have you ever practiced with pads, like kicks and stuff? Yes. And, bro, I need to find a way to practice because, like, my leg don't go up that high. Oh, okay. And, I, and I'm not good. At, like, I never played soccer or anything like mm-hmm. that. So, the whole, like, the, I, I wouldn't the, the twerk. swiveling of the hips yeah. and. and and the twerk yeah twer- <laughs> twerk the twerk <laughs> you're gonna twerk in see i could twerk hey but the twerk you know that's a whole nother sport okay <laughs> that's a twerk sport but now i would need some kind of real deal like coaching instruction and practice yeah and obviously some maybe some stretching but just the the hip mobility of, yeah. of, whoosh, of whipping that motherfucker i used to interview the muay thai guy he's literally at the muay thai guy frequently in my old podcast a decade ago and uh, he has really really good instructionals on instagram he has courses that he sells and uh yeah it's just an american guy that just went and just planted his roots in in thailand and uh built a big following at the muay thai guy shout out to him he's got very good technique videos well, man hopefully the next crib we can you know, maybe find room. 
I don't know. You're, I'm a, you're trying I'm to tiptoe around it, but like you need like, to carve out your goddamn man cave in this yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're house shopping, right? right? And as y'all know how the fucking house market is, like you're having to pick and choose. It's like, do you want this neighborhood, but you also want a pool? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or or you want to be near this, but you also want the square footage? You sure about that? Like, do you have, you know, is that what y'all's budget? Because you want to be close to downtown. You want the game room for the girls. You also want large bedrooms. You also want this and this floor plan and this and this. And it's kind of like, bro, you're near downtown. You're asking for a lot of shit. Yeah. You know, I want the square footage. And how big is the yard? And is it AstroTurf? You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is, as you're trying to prioritize all your little check boxes, if we can be like, all right, and in the garage, there's going to be a heavy bag, you know, and you're going to have some mats, mats on the floor and a dummy. Because I, the other day I told Marisol, I was like, man, I want a dummy. She's like, where are you going to put all this shit? You know what I mean? You got, <laughs> you know, where's, you know, you're tripping over the guitar and, you know, it's like. I mean, I know somebody that puts the cages together for the, like Fury and Cage Combat events. You want to get a cage in there too? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how big this place is going to be. All right, y'all, we've chewed your ear off long enough. Let, without further ado, uh, Manny Prado, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of RPT. Today we have my buddy, Manny Prado. Did I say your name right? You did, man. I appreciate it, man. What's up, go? What's going on, crowd? Hey, man. So um, you're, you're here locally from Houston. I had the pleasure of meeting Manny uh, through a, a common friend. And... Uh, I was I was just like, man, we got to keep the conversation going. More people need to hear about what we're talking about. And uh, I, there's so much I want to cover. I was telling Rob, we got Rob G in the house. Rob What's up, G. everybody in the background? And everyone's, oh, no, you can't switch cameras. No, nah, not here. on Zoom. Yeah, this is a Zoom call. But um, there's so much stuff, dude, I want to talk about. And we had, a, uh, we had a great lunch meeting recently. Couldn't wait to get you on the show. Uh, we, we talked about so many things. Um, and I guess uh, first I'll, I'll let you kind of, tell the folks what you do locally and everything you're involved in well appreciate it, man first of all thank you thank you rob g what to do man yes sir uh and thank you to our creator for this phenomenal opportunity man so uh I, I arrived to the u.s at the age of four man my family my grandfather my mother my aunt and i were fleeing a communist marxist dictatorship disguised as a socialist government disguised as a progressive government uh, we, we were we were fleeing because all of a sudden, back in the 80s, uh, I'm from Nicaragua, uh, arrived some, uh, some East Germans, uh, arrived some Russians, some Cubans. They just started taking over, man, started telling us that our land wasn't our land no more, you know, taking our cattle away, you know, telling us that we no longer had a God, you know, just straight up stripping us from our liberties, you know. And I'm um, I'm Nicaraguan of indigenous uh, descent. So, you know, indigenous people, you know, we've been there, you know, since the 15th century. So for some cats to come over and tell us, you know, this is no longer your land, this is no longer your cattle, this is no longer your God, you know, we're like, you know, you lost your mind, right? So we ended up here in the States, man, and thank God that this country accepted us. Uh, we applied for political asylum. Dude, I arrived to the U.S. on the shoulders of my grandfather at the age of four. So we applied for political asylum. We were approved. Then we applied for residency. We were approved. And then the next step was citizenship. So, you know, that's my American dream. You know, and, and I'll be quick. You know, my mom came, you know, and she was cleaning houses for a living. You know, I, I used to go with my mom. And then she goes, hey, look, son, you know, we need to make more money. So I'm like, okay, whatever that means. And so she started cleaning um, some um, some uh, some banks, Chingo, at, at night. So in the daytime, she'll clean a house. And at nighttime, she'll clean a bank. And she goes, listen, son, we don't take nothing from no one here. You know, we're going to work. So my mom never, never received a handout, bro. You know, she never received reduced lunch. You know, I paid a dollar fifteen throughout you know, all elementary middle school. Uh, we didn't receive Medicaid, no food stamps, nothing. Monster, son, we have a day, and we're gonna work. 
And so we got our hustle off, you know, like we say. And, you know, as, as a five-year-old going into an American bank, you know, helping my mom clean it, you know, I didn't help her. You know, but I just, uh, I went along with her. Um, never would I thought that 25 years later, man, I'll be a VP at a bank, bro. You nice, know? Nice. Never, never would I thought that, you know, coming over on the shoulders of my grandfather, I'll end up being at the, the second, the 42nd story of the Chase Tower in downtown Chicago in the financial district, bro. You know, and, and emerging leading, uh, emerging leader courses, years of training. So, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. So what we do now is that we have uh, an organization called the Nicaraguan American Foundation here in Houston and the H. And what we do, we sustain and we promote our culture, our identity, right? And really who we are. You know, a lot of us have exiled to the U.S. for the same reason that I've shared with you. You know, we're, we're escaping communism and we come to basically the last stand on the earth. That, that's freedom, right? That, that's here in the U.S. So we, we see it imperative not to lose our focus, you know, being in exile. Um, most of us want to go back. We want to go back home. You know, we want to go back to our family. We want to go back to, to our beautiful country. But in the meantime, we don't want to get, you know, we don't want to get lost in the shuffle. You know, we don't want to fall for this, you know, this handout, you know, this. Uh, fall for this the okey-doke. You know? Yeah, you got me. Don't fall for the okey-doke, basically. Don't fall for the okey-doke, homie. <laughs> so we promote our identity. And, um, you know, in the last year, um, Chingo, um, we've had 150,000 Nicaraguans arrive to Texas, bro. Right. So we activated our our um, our humanitarian assistance uh, mechanism within our nonprofit. We're a nonprofit since 1986. And so, man, huge, huge support from the Houston community, bro. I mean, huge support. Houston, H-Town has the big heart, bro. Either it be Katrina or Rita. Oh, se cortó. Harvey. We show love, right? And Houston, once again, you know, still, you know, steps up to the plates. And we we partnered with Goya Foods, you know, they donated, you know, canasta basicas, which is basic foods, grains of rice. Um, the people came out, man, in droves, man. Everybody, Colombians, Venezuelans, Cubans, Ukrainians, Iranians. I'm talking about the whole community came out, bro, like just came out swinging. And so we're able to provide, you know, donations to recent arrived uh, exiles. And by the way, here's the Bible and here's the Constitution. So welcome to yeah. It, it cut out a little bit, so a little bit cut out. Can you? So it's one more time. So you created a situation where Goya was able to to donate, and you went to greet the new. Uh, get to that. Say that part again. So yeah, y'all so, went where? Uh, the border. So Texas has received over one hundred and fifty thousand Nicaraguan exiles in the last ten months alone. Wow. Right. So rather than just you know uh, you know look the other way, you know we activated ourselves. So we reached out to community partners, and one of them was Goya Foods, who helped by donating a good amount of basic grains. You know, when, when people come over, when they're fleeing communism, bro, you don't bring, you know, you know, siete maletas de ropa, you know, you don't bring, you know, your vehicles. You come as is, my man. You know, you go about, you know, a good 10, 15 days, you know, not eating well. You know, it, it, it's a struggle. You know, not everyone has the luxury of flying first class from one place to the next. So Goya Foods, amongst the Cuban-American community, amongst the Venezuelan community, the, the Colombian community, the Salvadorians came through, man. The Ukrainians came through. I mean, everyone just showed up. And so we started receiving these donations. And we've gone to the border, bro, on three different occasions. We've gone to McAdam, we've gone to Laredo, we've been to Brownsville, you know, to help, you know, entregar las donaciones, like we say. 
And not only do we give these donations, you know, you know, from the bottom of our heart, because again, you know, I'm one of those persons that came over, you know, several years back. But we also hand out scriptures, right? Because we want people to know that this is a faith-based environment, because we are Latinos are, bro, real talk. You know, when you walk into a Latino home, you're gonna have either the Virgin Mary or the Last Supper on the wall, bro. You know, that's what it is. And uh, we also hand out constitutions. We want to know people. We want people to know why. When, when, uh, when the communist dictatorships, you know, took over our countries, we had to throw rocks at, at tanks. You know, we want them to understand why, while we had, you know, um, you know, poster boards, we had to confront armed, um, armed militias with poster boards. Well, the U.S. has something called the Constitution. Um, there's an amendment called the Second Amendment. And imagine if we had that back home, right? We wouldn't be in this situation. So we're using a lot of the same uh, vessels for humanitarian assistance. But our message is a bit different, right? Welcome to freedom. This is freedom, yeah. right? And we're gonna hold the line up here in Texas. So that's what we do, man. So um one thing that we discussed when we first met was like the tactics of the left. And it is very fascinating to me and, and scary. And I wanna be abreast of the situation. Like, what are some of the like you mentioned briefly, like they wanna uh, you know, take away your right to ownership. You know, they want to make uh, everything belongs to the state, uh, freedom of religion. That's also a thing that I think is taken for granted here in America. Um, so could we break down because you, you were breaking down to me like La Ley Cibernetica in Latin America is yeah. is their version of like fact check. Can't say that shadow ban, you know, oh, unpopular yeah. opinion. Oh, it didn't come from a, a lab. It came from a wet market. God damn it. Um, yeah. And luego we talked about some of the stuff going on in Colombia where it was hard to tell, is it like the government's killing us or is this like, is this a color revolution? Uh, what are some of the tactics of the left and what did you see and what do you hear about like how it went down in Nicaragua, like little by little, how they work? So, so Chingo, everything I'm about to share with you, man, you can take the word Nicaragua out and add Venezuela mm -hmm. or you can put Cuba or you can put Chile, you can put Ecuador. It's a copy and paste model. So, after the fall of the Soviet empire, you know, 1989, 1990, um, the Soviets saw they could no longer go confrontational with the U.S. You know, they couldn't put their biggest assets against our biggest assets because our guns were bigger. You know, Reagan broke them down, right? And then when the Soviets fell, you know, Romania liberated itself, Lithuania, Albania, you know, Poland, uh, Germany, uh, many nations were born um, from the fall of the Soviet Union including seven months later in Nicaragua. Mm. Amazing, right? So what the the Cuban and Russian intelligence, and this is data, you know, I would love to share with you. There's a book called Cubazuela that chronicles this data. Uh, I recommend everyone to write it down called Cubazuela and check it out. The intelligence of Cuba and, and Russia decided that rather than, than go, you know, toe-to-toe, -to, -toe, to, to work smaller, more intelligent, and, uh, and more info, infiltrative uh, mechanisms. So rather than confront you, man, study your laws, see what your laws are, and see how they can use those laws and in, in, in towards their advantage. So I want to share some hardcore facts with you, right? So in, in Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, and I'll use those three as a prime example, and then we can see where, where else it's gone to. Um, there's groups of uh, a, a small riot shock team, right? These cats, they dress in all black, Jingo, right? They're, they're called they what? Riot, riot Shock? What? They're, they're riot teams. and okay. But I'll break down the names and how it's equivalent here, right? 
they dress in all black. They wear ski masks, you know, to 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 hide their 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 identities. And they go to certain locations within the city, and they burn businesses. They flip vehicles and they burn tires, right? In Cuba, they don't even hide it, bro. It's called quick response teams. Okay, equipo de 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 fuerzas rápidas, straight up. That's what they do. In Venezuela, it's called colectivos, right? And in Nicaragua, it's called paramilitares. In the U.S., it's called Antifa, bro. Mm-hmm. Real talk, 100% copy and paste model. And they do so, Tingo, to frighten the local um, population, but they don't do it large enough to call to call on the feds. You know, it's to say, you know, again, we can't go toe-to-toe with the U.S., so we'll do it at a much smaller level, all right? Mm-hmm. One. Second example, la ley serpidiléticos, right? This is a law that exists in Cuba, that exists in Venezuela, and exists in Nicaragua. We're against the law to post against the government, right? A good friend of mine, a college student in Nicaragua named Lassim uh, Sandino, I won't say his first name, he's in prison right now for eight years because he posted and created a Facebook group called Amentes Libres, Free Minds. So this dude was just, you know, just, just, just throwing, you know, just throwing, you know, um, data out there, right? What's going on? Censorship, you know, uh, how we're falling to totalitarianism in Nicaragua. So he's in prison now, right? He's in prison now. And what they would do, they would censure you, you know, they'll shadow ban you, and eventually they'll arrest you, right? So Mentes Libres, Nicaragua, I want you to check out that webpage, right? Um, you know, that Facebook page. And they, well, put, the US, they, they put him in prison? Um, my, my boy's in prison right now. He's in prison because he's locked up for insinuating against the government. That's the law they made up under the Lacey Venetica. Well, in the U.S., man, it's called fact-checkers. All right? So, again, they utilize the... And people say, no, well, Facebook is a private entity. Well, yeah, and they use that to their advantage. Again, they utilize our laws against our, our, our very same persons. Let me give you a third example, right? And, and, and I think this would be where we can start, you know, breaking it down a bit more. So... Nicaragua's elections that we just had in the past November were won by, by the dictator. They were won by the massive vote count ever in the history of the country. Venezuela's last elections were won by the dictatorship. Those elections were won by massive totals ever in the history. Chile, you know the history about Chile. Chile is a country, right, that's very well developed. It's, it's the only Latin American country that's, that's considered, you know, up to par with the U.S. and the big powers. Very stable, very, very prominent nation. They just had elections. And the left just, I mean, just just, just landslide, record-breaking elections. Historic. Peru, historic. Historic. Peru just broke records, man. The left won elections in Peru historically, bro. Massive numbers. Bolivia. Bolivia's the nation that, you know... That took down Che Guevara, bro. You know, they gave him some lead. Bolivia is a very center-right nation. Well, guess who won their elections? And guess by how many votes they won? Historic elections, right? Landslide. Landslide, man. Well, guess who just won elections in the U.S. by a landslide? Los mismos. (laughs) So either either it's it's a massive coincidence, Chingo, or these cats have figured out how to make things happen in their favor. So I will bet my lunch money on B. These yeah. cats have figured out a copy and paste model to do it at a level so small that it doesn't call anyone's attention. 
but I guess the results that they choose to have. Bro. Uh, what are some other countries in Latin America that, that you're predicting or you're seeing that are like, yo, keep an eye on tal país, like X, you know what I'm saying? Bro, Costa Rica, which is basically the Swiss of Latin America, the strongest, one of the strongest democracies. They just had elections about three weeks ago. And Chingo, guess who won that election? The left. Like, Yo, so malo, bro. How you know this? And guess how he won it by, 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 by which uh, vote count? A landslide, historic. A landslide. <laughs> hey, historic. Now, were they were these all like uh, ballot boxes, paper ballots, uh, no ID? How does it work in these other? How are they doing it? So, this is what we studied. COVID was an opportunity to collect data. Who lives where? How old they are? You know, um, they're, they're, they're all information. So, how did the numbers replicate themselves? How was it a copy and paste model? Then you know, that's another conversation we need to figure it out. But I think right now what we have in front of us, man, is Colombia. Colombia is a very proud, a very rich nation in heritage and culture and in democracy. Mm-hmm. My man. They just uncovered that Venezuela is filtering money to the left's candidates. Mm. But social media doesn't speak about it, my man. You know, it's us. us. So Colombia is in, in la vista. That's why our organization, the Nicaraguan American Foundation, works with Casa Cuba. And we work with Libertad Colombia y Fuerza Venezuela because we lived it, bro. Like, you know, I can share data with you. I can share pictures, video with you of what we live back home and how it's so happening here. So that's why that's why I'm I'm having this conversation and, and I'm sharing it with your audience, Jingo, because no longer is a, a Latin American issue. No longer is it, you know, oh, you know, we're not worried about them Cubans or Venezuelans and Nicaraguans. You know, that's their problem. Yo, we're seeing it here. And I just shared three examples with you that are not, that you cannot deny it. It's undeniable. Antifa, um, the, the the laws and the books for Le Sermenéticas, and the massive implosion of uh, of of, of, of uh, elections that are being won, you know, by a certain political party. And, and then the media doesn't help because, you know, all these uh, Trump supporters went to protest down at the Capitol, and then portions got incited to turn into riots. You had a lot of uh, other actors. You know, there, there's proof there was some Antifa there. Uh, we already know a lot of the militias are like be having a lot of feds, a lot of them are informants. You had a ton of feds down there. They won't tell us. There's a lot of video footage that's not released. These people's due process got thrown out the window. They got them in a makeshift jail. And um, and then the media will gaslight the public. Instead of seeing it for what it is, they'll reshape the narrative and be like, this is an insurrection. This is the war on terror, but domestically. I thought Antifa was just an idea. Yeah, Antifa's an idea. Like Biden, we were watching the old debates of uh, Biden versus Trump, and it came up that they're like, will you disavow Trump? Will you denounce? Who do you want me to denounce? I've denounced everybody. Who do you want me to denounce? Give me a name. Give me a name. Who do you want me to call? Malicious. Malicious. White supremacies. And Biden's like, proud boys. He's like, okay, I disavow. Stand back, stand by. I love that part. And... And then Biden's like, the FBI, 52, uh, the FBI just said, uh, not kidding, folks. No, ju- all jokes aside. No, no, no hyperbole. Antifa's an idea. Yeah. It's an idea. Pero, ¿qué vimos en Colombia? Like, what was going on in Colombia when, like, 
I noticed Jay Balvin would stay out of it because a lot of people were, a lot of Colombians, other artists and shit, they were trying to clout Chase. And they're like, Jay Balvin, el hijo de Colombia, el de Colombia, el niño de Colombia, uh, de Bogota. Where, where was he from? Medellin? Where is he from? Medellin? Medellin. Probably, yeah, probably Medellin. And they were basically saying like, yo, speak up, bro. Look what the government's doing. But I noticed he stayed out of it. Like he probably saw this is like old color revolution tactics uh what, yeah. what's, what's your take on that situation so jingo i mean we're confronting what's now considered the ninth generation of political social warfare so these cats evolve i mean okay so first okay man what are you talking about first generation political social warfare was where the good guys were black i mean the good guys were white and the and the bad guys were black right very basic Second generation is when they all wear these colorful ass uniforms and lined up and shot at each other. You're taking turns. My turn, your turn, right? Go on. Hop off the horse. Line up. There you go. There you go. Fourth generation is guerrilla warfare. We don't know where it's coming from. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth evolved after Vietnam. And now we're eighth and ninth, right? So now it's you don't know who they are. You don't know where it's coming from, right? Now it's it's utilizing um, uh, social media platforms, communi- uh, commun- communication, right, to mislead uh, the public. So Colombia right now is up for elections. And one year ago this month, and this is crazy that no one talks about it. These these, these shock riot groups dressed in black, well red and red and black, you know, red and black colors. And man, I I have an image, man. I, I wish I would have sent it to you so we can we, uh, we can upload it. Copy and paste Venezuela. Copy and paste Cuba. Copy and paste Bolivia. Copy and paste Nicaragua. Copy and paste Antifa in Colombia. Anti-facet, anti-the wealthy. Yeah. They don't care for the poorest. Chaos. Burning buildings. Oh, yeah. Chaos. Anarchy. Burning yeah. buildings, bro. Flipping cars, burning tires. But Colombia intelligently reacted the correct way. Man, sometimes, man, you know, you can let them take over towns like Seattle did. You know, with, with these cats set in, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, just made a mockery. So I want to share a final t- uh, uh, statistic with you. In Nicaragua, they release 2,000 prisoners a month. Okay, you go to jail and you're out the next day. Go on your way. In Venezuela, they release 5,000 prisoners a month. My man, what are we seeing in Harris County? Are they also doing the same thing? Uh, They're doing the same thing, dog. So how many more coincidences do we have to see so we can wake the fuck up, bro. And I, and I hope you bleep me out, man. <laughs> Nate, but, no bleeping here. No, we don't bleep. Free speech, <laughs> <my> man, <laughs> it, it, We speak freedom, bro. And sometimes freedom, you have to take a stand, man. And we're seeing the same things applied to Colombia, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. We are here in the States, man. I mean, it is here. Uh, do you have stats on how many prisoners and, and people are just getting revolving door out of Harris County? You know, I do. I do. I don't have them here in front of me, man, because that's another conversation again, because we need to bring it, you know, county Mm -hmm. by county, town by town. But the simple fact that Houston is now the murder capital of the U.S. Oof, I did not know that. Oh, man, we're Murderville, man. Chicago, hold my beer. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, actually. I never heard it framed as murder capital. Well, I mean, when you be Chicago, what are you expecting? I didn't know specifically murders. I thought you had mentioned in passing kind of like... um, uh, yeah, you know homicide. we passed. You're like, yeah, you know we passed up Chicago. I thought like in crime or something. Mm-hmm. I know we've been neck and neck, but but see, murder capital award. You know that used to be like New Orleans, Baltimore, Chicago, Detroit. You know all these fine Democrats, oh, El Salvador it's, it's, stuff. 
I mean, and it's crazy, man, because it's happening like right in front of us, Jingo. And so this is my thesis, man. The Hispanic community is the one that's going to stop it, bro. The Hispanic people that are, that, and in my opinion, bro, I'm, not, I'm no professional, right? I'm just trying to hold it down. Um, you know, we are, you know, we're faith, you know, freedom and family, bro. I mean, that's what we are. I shared with you earlier, you walk into one of our homes, you're going to see the Virgin or the Last Supper, bro. In my house, you see both because my wife, she's Catholic. I'm, I'm an evangelical. Uh, freedom, you know, if you go down to Mexico, bro, or any Latin American country, every other person has a business in front of their home. One lady sells tamales, then the next person, they sell T-shirts. The next person sells raspas. The next person has cockfighting. You know how it is, man. Mm-hmm. We're, we're entrepreneurs without even knowing it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And then family, I mean, in, in my house, you know, next to God is my mom, bro. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, even though I'm married with my wife, mm-hmm. my mom, you know, she's, you know, she, you know, she's who we, you know, you la, know. La jefita. La, la jefita, bro. And she says, no, turn that music down. You know, I, I don't want to hear that jingle bling, you know, blasting <laughs> on your radio, son. You I take go, you bro. to the taco, chat. <laughs> hey, so um, before we let you go, uh, I've been fascinated by um, some of the stuff going on in, in El Salvador. Um, have you been keeping atten- uh, paying attention to some of the stuff that's coming up? Yeah, yeah, and but you know, again, here we go again, man. The U.S. government, you know, that we have now, which is what it is, this regime is at odds. Is at odds with the Salvadorian government. They're at odds, and they're calling out the human rights violations of the Maras that are being captured, bro. Of the MS-13. I mean, Gangster. I mean, how, yeah, how, how, how reversed ass is that, man? Déjalos, pobrecitos, Los Angeles. Déjalos. You know, you know, how about human rights for the thousands of people that they extort, that they rape? They have young girls that they rape on a regular basis. You know that? They have young girls that they have uh, for, for, for humanitarian, uh, for, for human smuggling chain, bro. And if the parents say something, they burn them down. So now the Salvadoran president, Nayib Bukele, that, you know, it's an anomaly because not only did he beat the old, you know, radical guard, you know, the big money, he also, he also put them hands on the radical left, FMLN, the same red and black cats that we've seen all over the place. I mean, this dude put up some blender hands, you know, you know, he, he, he wiped them. And so now what, what did he do? He uh, locked them up, went after them. What, what did he do? So he called the 30 day referendum, right? As a national emergency that, because all of a sudden, El Salvador went from being the murder capital of the, of the world, right, per capita, to all of a sudden going over 60 days with no murders. So someone didn't like that. Next yeah. thing you know, they have 50 murders in one day. Man, tell me that's not tell me that's not calculated, man. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So old boy called a 30-day referendum, emergency state of emergency, and he locked them up. So basically, so it was like borderline martial law? How'd they do that? Well... You know, borderline martial law, bro. I mean, you know, having the intelligence and the know-how of where these cats are at. And I think something like 1,600 of them are in prison now. And he's telling them, if you keep on acting bad, I'm not going to feed you but once a day. He goes, how am I going to feed you protein on a daily basis when the people that are paying for you to be here are, are, are not eating half as well as you are? That's a speech that um, I saw on YouTube. I, I I love the speech and I was trying to we were trying to play it on the show but we didn't know what to type it we couldn't pull it up anymore but um I literally heard him say all those things in the speech where he was basically saying like oh now y'all care about human rights he's like where's the human rights for the average Salvadoran citizen that's busting her ass to make ends meet getting terrorized on a daily basis 
you know, getting extorted. And also that these prisoners, he's like, they, they get a mattress. He's like, I took the mattresses. Sin colchon, yeah. sin colchon. He's like, he's like, y lo, y los almuerzo con pollo, no más pollo. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, like, bitch, these people over here busting their ass to get a meal and keep their kid out of gangs and, and everything else they got going on. But this president seems to be like cleaning shit up. Like, is if he keeps that up, it's getting to the point where like if America goes sideways, obviously I don't I don't think they have Second Amendment and all that. I don't I don't believe. But uh obviously America's still the shit. But it's very impressive to see some of this like nationalist in a way, like populist El Salvador first, make El Salvador great again. Like he's like basically saying we're no longer gonna be have this reputation. He's like, we're ready to play ball and do business, but you're not gonna have these non these uh third party whatever he's like he said these organizations make money when el salvador is destabilized he's like the more problems we have they're able to go collect money and be like we need to go help el salvador he's like now that we're helping ourselves and cleaning up our act they're mad ain't that some shit they're big mad they're big <laughs> mad bro and and again i think the salvadoran community the nicaraguan colombian venezuelan Argentinian, I think those are the communities, bro, that are gonna that, that are gonna hold a lot because, you know, they can't fool us, man. You know, we lived it, right? So I'm really making a call out, man, to the Latino community, Hispanic, you know, to stand up, man. You know, real talk, man. It, it was cool, you know, when we were young, you know, getting in trouble, you know, after police and all that. But man, how you gonna defund the ones, you know, that put their lives on line, man? I mean, if anything, we should, you know, we should have their back. We should have their six. But man, in closing, man, I, I want to thank you and, and Big Rob. You know, I want to leave an appetite so I can come back. You know, we have a lot of stuff to discuss, Chingo. I mean, mm -hmm, for sure, every for day, sure. every day is more. But I can't leave. I can't leave the show, man, without expressing my gratitude to our girl Sharon Liao, bro. Oh yeah, for shout out to Sharon, Sharon Liao that made this happen, bro. She's a fighter down here in Southwest in Southwest Houston. You know, you if you want to get into a fight, man, you want to have Sharon on your side. You know what I mean? And she made this connect happen, you know, and ever since I met you, bro, we've been trying to connect. So yeah. thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you to you, Chingo, sure. your audience, bro. And of course, DJ Rob, man. You can't get around without Rob. You know what I'm saying? DJ Big Rob. Hey, burr, yeah. burr. <laughs> you got extra names now. <laughs> and, and next time we have you on, we'll have you check in and we could talk more about like some of the local like softball tournaments and, and picnics and cookouts and things that y'all do. Uh, we'd love to stop by and, and say hello to all the other you know latinos and everything else and then also we can discuss next time how maybe some of our venezuelan brothers and sisters you know los cubanos all my you know nika people um help red pill and just wake up and warn la raza that's just looking at univision and telemundo all day and be able to wake them up so i'm looking forward to that combo but yeah man appreciate you and uh and uh, i'll talk to you after the show as well all right my man I appreciate it, man. Y'all be good, man. Manny Prado. Thank Keep you, bro. Find a good fight. For sure. Gracias. Dale. Peace.